What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. You can find this podcast at compileswift.com. I'm going to cover two subjects in this episode. First of all, I'm going to talk about using process to run terminal commands inside of a Mac OS application that I've been working on and how I've managed to get that to work, in my case, using Git. Secondly, I'm also going to talk a little bit about one of those soft skills. It's one of those that I find a lot of new developers encounter, and the problem is that they give up far too quickly. They hit the first serious problem, and they give up, and I want to talk about that as well. Okay, let's dive into the first topic. So a little bit of a history here so that you understand where I'm coming from on this. I have a Mac OS application that I built for myself. If you've been following the Compile Swift live streams recently, quick plug for those, compileswift.com forward slash livestream, you will have seen me working on a Mac application that I built for myself that allows me to create markdown files that are the structure for the blog posts up on compileswift.com. And none of that matters for the part that I'm going to talk about here. The part that matters is what happens afterwards. So I've created this file. I've got a new file on my Mac, which is a markdown file. And now I need to add it to Git source control and push that up to the repo so that Netlify can see that the repo has changed and rebuild the website and show you the new post. Unfortunately, what that means at the moment is I have to go to the terminal and either do, you know, if you're familiar with it, git add the file name, make a commit, push it to the repo manually, or use some git GUI client. Tower is the one I use. Shout out to those folks. Absolutely love it. Been using it for years. Now, what I wanted to do was incorporate that part of the process, that final stage, into the saving of the file itself so I didn't have to do this every time and streamline it. And I knew going in that, okay, I'm going to need to somehow access the git command in the background in my application, which is built using storyboards. But that doesn't factor into this too much. More importantly, using Swift as the coding language. What I did was I did a little hunting around and found that there's this thing called process that I can use. And I'm going to do my best to explain it here. But I, if you go to the blog post that I'll put a link in the show notes for this, you'll see an example of the code. And I think you'll be able to follow along and it'll make a lot of sense. Worth noting that this only works on Mac OS. It doesn't work on iOS or iPad OS or any of those. Because you need the, basically you need Git in my case and the terminal in the background. But this idea applies to anything you can do on the terminal. And that's really the key takeaway you should have here. So what I do is in Swift, all I need to do is create a, a new constant. I just do let process equal a process with the capital P, right? And create a new instance. And then it expects certain things. And I'm going to do my best to explain those to you here. Now, first thing it expects is the executable URL. And what that really is the command that you want to run from the terminal. In my case, git. But again, it can be anything from the terminal. It could be who am I if you want to get the username. It could be pwd if you want to get the working directory. Anything you can do and run from the terminal, including a script, bear that in mind as well, you can do here. And you specify that as the executable URL. 
And then the next thing it needs, it needs to know the directory, right? Where do you want to run this command? So in my case, because I'm using git, I want to run the git command in the repository for the CompileSwift website where the markdown file, the newly created file exists, because I want to be able to then access the git add command. So you set those up. And then once those are in place, the other part that you need is the arguments. Now, the arguments are gonna be those parts you put on the end, and they're gonna be an array. So in my case, you, it breaks down like this. Git is the executable URL, right? The current working directory is gonna be, essentially think of the, the app doing a CD to that directory, that, that change directory, that's what it's doing. And then the arguments are the rest. So in my case, there's two arguments. There's a string, which is add, because I want to use the add command, the add function within the git command, and then the file name. And, the, and so that way, the file that I have just created in the application now becomes part of that. So I end up with, for example, let's just say the file name is mynewpost.md. The entire structure of the command that I've built out here would be git space add space mynewpost.md, which if you're familiar with git, you're going to recognize that instantly. But again, this applies to anything you can run in the terminal. Once all of that is set up, the next thing you need to do is you can set up an out pipe. If you are familiar with the terminal, you're probably familiar with standard in, standard out. And that's what we're doing here in standard error. We are essentially creating pipes for all three of those so that if I want to display the output of the command in my application, it's going to come back to me and I can do it there. Great for debugging purposes. So you set an out pipe and you just say, in my case, let out pipe equal pipe. And that's it, set up. And then I set up the let out file, which is the outpop.file handle for reading. And I get it. Again, look at the blog post for this in the show notes because it's going to sound a little bit complicated if you're not used to this. And then finally, once that's all set up, you're ready to go. So all you need to do now is wrap everything in a, a do, try, and catch block, and you're going to run it. So you would set up a do, and then you would have try uh, process dot run. Essentially, you're telling it, go ahead and run this command that I've set up in a terminal. And you're not going to see the terminal come up. It all takes place transparently in the background. It's fantastic. And then after that, I just tell the process to wait until it's exited because I don't want anything to happen until it's finished. And then if it's finished, great. From there, I can do whatever I want to do next. So you can chain these things together. For example, the next logical thing for me after I've done a git add of a file, I'm then going to want to do a git push. So I repeat this entire process because you can't, once the process is run and finished, it's gone away. So you can't just call it again with a new command. You've got to set up another instance. So then I repeat the exact same thing, but all I need to do now in the arguments is change the add to a push. And that's it. So it's going to execute the git push and push it off to my remote. In my application, I have checks in place that make sure that I have set these paths. So I've told it where to save the file. That's going to be my current directory URL. I check the the path for Git is set up and I have Git installed. 
which of course, if I've got Git installed, I will have a path for it. So I check those, and if none, if neither of those exist, none of this runs. And that's the error checking there. And then finally, of course, there is a catch block in place, so you can have it print the error. That's how this works. And I really recommend trying this out. If this is something you want to use, and you've often said to yourself, you know what, I'd love to add X functionality to my Mac app, and there's a terminal application, or you can do it with a script or whatever in a terminal, this is a great way to do this. It'll just run silently in the background, and when it's finished, you can just have your app continue to do whatever you want it to do next. Strongly recommend this. I'm sure in my case with the git command, there are other ways to do this, but this was a great excuse for me to sit and learn this because now I understand, great, I can use just about any terminal command out there that you can think of. I can now use that in my application in the background. And I wanted to share that with you. Ch again, check out the blog post. You'll see some example code there or check out the live stream and you'll see it covered there. This is a really great kind of opens up my possibilities here and I'm now thinking of new things where it's great, I can just tap into this functionality from running a terminal command or a script and I don't have to do anything fancy in the application and it'll work. So just wanna share that with you and that's the first topic for today. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about some soft skills here as a developer. Time for a break. Hey everybody, it's Peter Whittam here from the Compulsory Podcast. I'm going to tell you about SetApp. SetApp is a service that provides a subscription fee of just $10 a month, and you get access to over 200 Mac applications, and it's also available now on iOS as part of that deal. I use the service because it just has a ton of really good first-rate apps that I use all the time. And for me, it's invaluable as a developer to have access to tools for things like APIs, for planning projects, uh, writing emails, writing documentation. And you can get all of these things, including database apps, all of that kind of stuff, right there on the SetApp service for just $10 a month. You can use as many or as few applications as you need. If you're interested in checking this out, go to peterwidham.com, P-E-T-E-R-W-I-T-H-A-M dot com forward slash set app s-e-t-a-p-p and you can see the details there and it's got a link that you can go over and start using the service and see how it works out for you i strongly recommend this to every mac user break time over okay so for the second topic today i want to talk about a soft skill that i think is very important we all get this and suffer from this now and again but primarily you see it with new developers and that is giving up or feeling like we're not capable of solving these problems and we're not going to be good enough to do this as a career or build the app whatever the outcome is that you want and so we feel oh i should just give up now because i can't solve this We've all been there. First of all, let's just be honest with that. Everybody at least that I know, including myself, has been there. And you shouldn't give up. Now, you need to reframe this into something positive. And the way to do that is to start by realizing that any time we as developers build an application, write some code, make a product, whatever those are, we're solving a problem. It may not seem like it, 
but essentially that is what you're doing. You are solving a problem. So it's inevitable when you go into this and you do that, you're going to hit times where you're going to hit some real challenges, some really big problems, especially if it's something you've never done before. A good example of that would be the topic I just spoke about in the first part of this podcast episode, where I had not used this process to run the terminal before, and it took me a while to wrap my head around it. But I kept working at it, I kept trying and doing research, and eventually got through it. That's what I want you to realize here, is you are going to hit these problems, because what we do is all about solving problems. Most of the time, if we're lucky, they're going to be easy, and they're not going to feel like problems at all. Other times, you're going to hit real roadblocks, and they're going to take you maybe hours, days, weeks, maybe even months, depending on what it is, to solve it. And it may not just be you. It may be the entire team that you work on. The important part is to reframe it into a positive thing and say, you know what? I know I'm going to be able to solve this eventually because it's very unlikely I've hit a problem that nobody else on the planet has ever hit before. Chances are someone's hit the same problem and got a solution out there or something that's going to help you think about how you solve this problem. And that's how you should look at this. Just know and believe that you will solve it. And the benefit from that is when you get to that point and you solve it, firstly, you will have expanded your skill set. You will have expanded the belief and motivation in yourself to solve these problems, ready to take on the next one. And you will also have discovered something new. And maybe you can share that with somebody else to save them from having the problem in the future. That is certainly why I do the live streams, the podcasts, the blog posts, all of those things, trying to take part in communities, because I want to give back to all those folks who have helped me get where I am today and solve the problems that I've had to solve. And the best way I can do that is to pass it on to try and help somebody else. That's what it's all about. But at the end of the day, you do have to believe that you will solve the problem and no amount of anyone else telling you, oh, you'll get it, you'll get it, it really helps. It's great to have kind of the, those folks around you motivating you to do it, but it really needs you to believe that you're going to solve the problem. And I'm sure you will. Eventually, you will find that solution and a way to deal with it, and you'll be so super excited. Believe me, there's no greater reward than solving a difficult problem and you just want to tell the world about it, which is, like I say, why I have blog posts and podcasts and everything else. So it's great. Let me tell someone about this. This is fantastic. Let me celebrate this for somebody. So I want to put that out there. This is a really important thing because when you are just starting out, most things will seem intimidating to you when it comes to building apps and products and all of that side of things learning tools, learning programming languages, setting up your environment. All of these can be different levels of intimidation for each of us. And you need to understand that we all go through it and you will get through it and you will solve it. And 
once you've done it a couple of times, it's not going to seem like anything at all to you. You won't even give it a second thought and you'll just do it. You will get there. But it does take practice and it does take determination and self-belief that you'll get it done. So I want to put that out there as a soft skill to talk about in this episode. Believe me, just keep working at it. No problem is unsolvable. It may just need a different way of thinking about it, reframing it. You can do it, I'm sure. I would love to hear your thoughts on anything in this episode or any of the other episodes or any topics that you'd like me to talk about. You can reach out to me, Compile Swift, on any of the networks or go to compileswift.com. If this episode has been helpful, you know what to do. Either give it a like or give it a thumbs up. Give it a rating in the podcast. If you want to go to the next level, there is a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash compileswift, where you can get the entire archives for this podcast for your listening pleasure without any adverts. And you can also go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash P-W-C-O-M. Just to say thank you. I love my coffee, as you know, and it keeps me going through the day. And Lord knows as developers, we need something to keep us going. That's it, folks. I will speak to you in the next one.